0: All right, so today we are chatting with Tracy Ma, a passive income coach and host of Financial Nirvana Mama. Tracy is a Canadian engineer, an investor, and a proud mother of twins who's dedicated to helping individuals like you achieve your financial goals through the stock market and real estate investments. She's been featured in the Huffington Post, Canadian Real Estate Wealth Magazine, and Medium. And she's honed her experience over years of trial and error experience, essentially. And she's passionate about guiding others on their journey from self-doubt to confidence, which is perfect for today because we're talking all about option selling, which is something I'm definitely have self-doubt about. It seems very confusing. So I'm excited to learn more from Tracy today. So welcome, Tracy.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Maria. Thank you for having me here and
0: organizing this awesome event. Oh,
1: so excited. First of its kind in Canada. So, so excited to be here. Thank you.
0: So let's just jump right in. Can you explain what is option selling? So think of option selling as the same.
1: as putting a contract out for a house okay just think of it that way um the analogy i always use is that depending on the strategy say you say i'm going to use the most basic one is saying you want to list your house on the market and you put you put a house on the market and you're willing to sell it if it goes at a certain price like 20 higher so you put that contract out and by putting that contract out for that house you get paid just to put that contract out and then if someone's willing to like buy it at 20% higher, then you're winning. Like you're not only just getting the money just to put your contract out on the market. Like imagine putting your house on MLS for like way higher and getting paid to just put it on MLS. And then when someone buys it, then you also gain the money from selling your house. Of course, you got to be careful. Maybe you don't want to sell your house. That might be another reason for not doing it. And then also, so that's the basics, like the base, most basic strategy of option selling is one strategy. And then another strategy, is like saying you want to buy stocks at a massive discount. So say you want to, I want to use the home again. Um, You want to buy a home as a rental property and um, it's down the street. And you're like, I'm willing to buy if it goes down 30%. And in the meantime, you put the contract out to say, I'm going to buy this house for 30% less. Then you all of a sudden um, gained money for putting that contract out. But of course you got to have the money. To be able to buy the house at 30% lower. So this is the way that I do option selling. This is the way Warren Buffett does it, which is really in a way, think of it as the same as investing.
0: Okay, so I think that that makes sense to me. I kind of get I get that. How does someone so can you walk us through the process of, okay, I'm ready to sell options? What like how do you do that? Like with your brokerage account, things like that. And are there any fees for this? Yes, of course. So with options, you can do it in
1: all the basic brokerage accounts, even wealth, simple quest trade, you got to open an account, you can't do it in your TFSA with the exception of one strategy, which is like selling like what the, um, the strategy where I talked about selling your house at a much higher price is because you own a home, right? You got to own a home to do that. So with your TFSA, you got to own the stocks to be able to sell like against sell a contract against your stocks, right? So you can open an option account it's just a cash account or you could also have it tagged to your TFSA but it's the same as like opening a checking account or savings account you got to open the account you got to sign some papers that you're comfortable um, doing options and then wait a couple days and then you're able to do options. Now the fees associated with it is ranges depending on which brokerage account you're with. So if you're like with direct investing, like I am, then the fees are like $9.99, which sucks, right? But then if you're with Quest Trade, I think they range from like $4.99 or $5.99 per contract. And then if you're with like interactive broker, it could be $0.99, but it's every every brokerage account has its pros and cons. the fees range is just like the same as trading commissions. There's no difference. It just depends which brokerage account you're with.
0: Okay. So Questrade, QTrade is another option. They're a great sponsor for our summit and they have options trading as well. What is some terminology? Like what are some things I need to know, some terminology I should understand when getting into option trading? I
1: would say the basic, two basic things um, definitely someone needs to understand immediately is the difference between a put and a call. So I think of call like calling up and put as put down. Okay. So when you understand that, then you, then you understand what are the variations of the options selling, um, which is the strategy I, I'm, I do, which is selling contracts. And so when I want to sell a contract, to, um, on a call, I'm expecting that the price would go up. And if it goes up, I'm selling that contract to gain some money. Right. And if I want to sell a put contract, I'm expecting that the price could go down. And if it goes down, um, even if it doesn't go down, I mean, I'm putting a put contract, Hoping it goes down. Put is down, then I'm gaining money, which is called premiums. So there's basic terminology, and premiums is what's the is the money that you collect for putting those contracts out the market. Put and call is which direction it goes to. And then another variation with um that's a bit more complicated with options versus stocks is you got to get the timing right. So you gotta have the expiration date. When do you think you want to put this uh contract out? It's the same when you put a contract on a house, you gotta put on a date like, okay okay, within the next two months, you're hoping your house sells. So you got to think of a date that you have in mind, which is called the expiration date. There's other basic, there's other terminology with it. But I think like if someone's getting into it and do not even worry about terminology, just understand the premise behind the contracts. And then eventually the terminology will make sense, but just don't get bogged down by the terminology because it can be super overwhelming with anything, just even the financial, jargon with the stocks like price per earnings and all that yield like it gets overwhelming so if you understand just the basics it it makes it so much easier to absorb
0: thank you for saying that because when we first were getting involved investing we did this like investing course my husband and i online and it was like this is ridiculously confusing it was puts and calls and all these things and i had no idea like we watched it was like i don't know multiple hours like i want to say 40 hours of courses and we had no idea and that's why we invested in real estate because we're like we understand that that's tangible so thank you for saying it's it overwhelming and you don't need to understand everything to get involved. So that is a very good tip, I think.
1: Of course, as long as you know like it's just like when it's actually quite similar to a rental property. You don't need to know um, you know, for example, your cash on cash return and you don't need to know like all the financing terminology. Like you know that you can put a contract on a house. <laughs> And you have a date that you have in mind, you have a price you have in mind. And so if you understand just the basic principles like that of a contract with option selling, it's very similar. It's just eventually you will need to learn about the terminology because if you were to do it in a brokerage account, you have to know, okay, when's the expiration date? When's the date, it, you know, the contract? You, you have to know if it's a put or a call contract you want to do. But I think for someone learning about just the basics of it, they should just don't get bog, bogged down by the
0: terminology because it's like... Like you said, it actually becomes super intimidating. You never look into it any further. And that's exactly what happened to us. And it was years later. And now I understand the stock market way better on a basic. And I'm like, oh, this isn't that confusing. Like I wish somebody would have been there like again, 10, 20 years ago. And just like, this is how easy it can be. What type of investor is option selling for? And who is it really not for?
1: I will talk. I'll answer the who's it not for. It's not for the beginner investor. So it's for someone who's, you know, can evaluate companies, can decide what is good price for companies company can decide if the company is a high quality asset that you want to own so if you can understand the stock market terminology like price per earnings you can look at the the financials the cash flow statements all that you know how to evaluate companies then it just seems natural for you to just take the next step which is to bundle each of those stocks because each contract's worth 100 shares bundle them just think of them as bundles and put contracts out where you can essentially own own um, like say 100 shares Apple for a lot cheaper than you're seeing on the market because you're putting a contract out like as if you're wanting to buy a house at 20% discount you if you have the money then you'd be very excited buy a house at 20% discount because then you know that you're already gained money by doing that because it's already under market value so who's it for it's definitely for someone who's been in the stock market for a while who can evaluate companies who's also has the money this is not um at least the strategies i'm going to talk about uh, is about you should have the funds like if you want to own 100 shares of something you should have the money to potentially own 100 shares of something or if you're trying to sell call contracts you should Also own the hundred shares in your account. Um, There's definitely other strategies called options trading where they say, hey, you don't need to have the money. You don't need to have the shares, but it just puts you at so much more risk. And that's probably what is commonly talked about in Reddit like you'll hear about it, about calls and how they made money in like two days. And it's because they they were really in, in the leverage, the super leverage. So I would say, please make sure you have the money. Please make sure you have the stocks in your account. Please make sure that you also understand the stock market and how to evaluate stocks very, very carefully. So if you're a beginner and also t- someone talks to you about, Hey, you could just do options training with such a small account and you, you don't really, you don't need to pick stocks. I mean, you just pick the high Flyers because they're super, they can give you a ton of cash selling these contracts. You got to think twice like, do you even understand the instrument, like the company that you're looking at to sell these contracts? So, there's a lot of noise about it. So, I would say for beginners, please don't do it. Please, it's just another complication where you have to understand timing and the companies and all that.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so easy to get like that shiny object syndrome like, oh, someone made a lot of money doing this, whether it's options or crypto or whatever, and want to do that. And it's like, Crypt- just stay the course. You know, you'll be better off in the long run. So, you talked about learning about companies and knowing that. Where do you get that information? So, where do you find your information for what could be a potential good option contract? So, it's, I wouldn't say it's about what it's a good option
1: tra- contract. It's about what you're willing to own and what you're willing to sell. For example, if you had a 100 shares of maybe Apple and you're like, I want to, you know, you're like, Apple, for example, has a very, very low dividend yield, meaning it doesn't give you a lot of income per quarter if you look. At the yield, it's less than 1%. And so you're like, Oh, I would love if Apple just give me a little bit more income. Well, you can sell a contract against your hundred shares of Apple, but you got to be careful. Are you willing to sell your Apple shares? If the contract, you know, someone, it does hit the price that you're, you're ho- like, I, I guess, happy to sell it at. Cause some people are just like, Oh, I don't know. Like I'm going to give up a lot of money because maybe Apple, um, all of a sudden two years down the road gets into virtual reality and their headsets, they introduce new products and they're worth so much more. You actually sold your 100 shares of Apple. Getting back to your question. Actually, I was just like talking. I was like,
0: oh, I forgot your question. Can you like tell the question? Again? Yeah, I think I think you kind of touched on it a little bit, but where do you get your information for what is going to be a potential good trade, I guess? Not necessarily a good option contract because you said it's not always about the contract, but yeah, where do you company. find that information?
1: Where you find the information is where you evaluate companies. Typically, you could use resources in your brokerage account. You could use resources like, that are readily free, like Yahoo Finance, um, where you they have like the statistics, they have the financial information. You could also use a resource called QuickFS, where you can sign up. It's free, but it has 10-year financials. Those are the areas where I look at um, in depth of the company. But I hope that if you're getting to options you already know where to find this information where you would evaluate this information because it's it is the same as you needing to know what asset you own and um are you comfortable like selling contracts do you want to own more of these assets being the apples and the microsoft's or um it, hopefully one thing you want to avoid and this is like a quick tip is to avoid um penny stocks anything that's speculative that are startup companies like they haven't existed in like they're like maybe they just started up in the last three years they don't really have a good track record for you to evaluate if you want to own more of it or you want to sell it it's it's just like it's a speculation game and those unfortunately are the ones that are often traded on the options market because you can get a lot of cash from it but then at the end of the day do you really want to own them so i i just say like it's the same as evaluating any company you can find lots of free resources on them oh anyways and you could also go into the company's website under investor relations, you could download the financial information, you could look at the presentations. For example, for a lot of us know Aritzia, right? And Aritzia is a big Canadian company. And um, if you want to evaluate Aritzia, you could easily go to the investor relations and just look at the presentations because Aritzia is not a company that's commonly talked about, um, which is great. It's kind of hidden under the radar because it's a smaller company. It gains like something like Lululemon. So if you want to find any, Company information. You could, if you want to do more in-depth research, just download investor relations.
0: Awesome. So it's more about the company and less about like what's a good contract or not. It's the company that is the driver of that decision. Essentially, is what you're saying.
1: Yes, because I like I think of um, options as investing. You need to be sure you want to own the shares when you put the contracts out. I'm um, just like when I talked about you want to be sure you want to own a home that's 30 percent discounted, or you want to give up a home that's hitting at a much- higher price. So you got to evaluate, are you willing to own more of these shares of these companies, or you're willing to let go of these shares of these companies? Um, in terms of the, the terminology of an options contract, you're not going to really think, oh, um, just because it expires in two months, or like your contract on a house expires in two months, it, it doesn't really change the way you think of options or the way you think of a house, right? Do you really want to buy a house or you want to really sell the house is what I really want to get at. And um, it's just options is just Another layer of terminology.
0: So, what are some risks? I think you've talked a little. You've kind of touched a little bit on them. But what are some risks of option selling?
1: So, with option selling, one thing that people could get a lot of trouble is is that they keep selling maybe the same type of contract or like with one type of company. So, for example, Tesla was a very very popular option selling strategy. A lot of people were selling contracts against Tesla because Tesla is like pretty big. Actually, it was. It's actually one of the biggest companies, uh, tech companies now, although. People people think of as car company and they may have put up too many option contracts against Tesla rather than diversify and say, okay, I want to put in some boring companies. Like you could put in TD bank, you could, um, put in some boring, like really, really boring, like, um, Costco contracts if you want to own more Costco shares, but instead the, uh, you could get sucked in with the amount of money just with that one company. So I would say, please, like with anything, with any portfolio investment portfolio, diversify Matt, uh, have a lot of different variations of sectors. So don't go all in tech, have some boring utilities, have some boring uh, staple companies that are going to reduce your risk. Because what if one sector, for example, what happened this year was the US banks collapsed, and it caused all the other banks in Canada to collapse. So if you had too many contracts, just with say TD Bank or World Bank, well, you could be potentially completely owning a, a huge proportion of shares in your investment portfolio, which would skew your entire investment portfolio if you end up like selling put contracts against like TD Bank or Round Bank. So just don't put too many contracts against one company.
0: That is a very good tip. Um, what are some benefits? So on the other side, the flip side, what are some benefits or potential upside of option selling compared to ETFs or just individual stocks, that sort of thing?
1: Owning individual stocks is the same as I think with option selling. Uh, when if the big difference is the ETF. So when you get into the ETF world, it is very passive. You don't really, there's nothing to research. You can't research hundreds of stocks, right? But, uh, you're just basically going with, okay, it as it owns a theme, like the S&P 500, you own 500 of the biggest companies in the United States. So you get the general average returns of the top 500 companies, or it's the same, like a real estate rental property. You could own a rental property, or you could own a REIT, a real estate investment trust. And so that is the same as owning a basket of rent real estate in the market. So you can see that if you own a basket of something in the stock market, you're going to get the average returns. If you own something where you can control it more like a rental property, then your potentially gain could gain a lot more upside. Of course, that means more work. And um, but if you're willing to roll up your sleeves, evaluate it properly, do a little bit of research, it's not that hard. Um, it's just can is it going to be right for your lifestyle. So I would say that it's not all about financial gain even though i keep talking about financial gain but also how confident and how 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 active do you want to be because maybe you're like i have no desire to understand about companies i just want to own etf then you're willing to just own like the standard seven to eight to nine percent year over year returns and so but then if you want to own a company and you love doing the research and you love having more control which means potentially understanding the risks involved and and being able to take calculated risks and knowing that there's a lot more upside than the risk then you potentially could gain a lot more returns by having more control so it really comes down to your personality and um and, and you know are you are you interested in the stock market that much and then in and um also like having you know being okay with the returns that you're getting
0: that's a i really like that analogy of like reITs versus real estate we actually have a, there's a session all about the difference and which one's better but that whole basket versus individual like to me that's like okay i understand this i get this it resonates so i think that's a really good analogy what are some tips someone has that do you have for somebody who wants to maximize their gains when option trading
1: so it's um i would not talk about maximizing gains but you're juicing it so like it's more for the person who already has stocks and they're like okay i know how to evaluate companies i just want to juice the return so for example like i've owned apple shares for a long time ever since warren buffett was starting to buy apple shares that's when apple was like apples actually wasn't popular people were like poo-pooing apple because the iphones weren't being as popular but every, uh, anyone who knows apple at that time would have known that they were doing more of the subscription business they were getting into the music business. And you can see that you could be a subscriber for life for the cloud storage, because all your f- photos would always max out on your phone. You're like, Oh, no, they're going to collect probably uh, revenue from you if you're a subscriber for life. And so um, I picked up a bunch of Apple shares at that time. And of course, I've kept a, a huge proportion of them now. But in the meantime, they're not going to generate me income at all because the yield is so low. It's really the only way I can access the money in Apple at like just by owning the shares is I have to sell it. And I not, I don't want to sell my Apple shares. So I could um, sell cover call contracts, which is trying to juice the returns of my Apple shares that I already own. Of course, I have to be very careful because I'm the type of person that's like, I don't really want to sell my Apple shares. Like I really don't. But at the same time, I really want to find a way to juice the returns again more income from my Apple so I sell cover call contracts against my Apple but you got to make make sure the timings right that's the uh, other lens behind options you got to get the timing right you got to know when is a good time to maybe sell a contract against Apple so you don't want to do it like in a bull market when all the stocks are going up and you're likely to sell be able to sell your Apple shares you probably want to do it in a bear market like where the stock market's going down you're like oh I should collect some income against my Apple shares because you know the rest of the market's going down unlikely to hit that price that I think, you know, Apple could get to because it's unlikely when the rest of the stock market's going down. So I would think of it as how do you leverage what you already have? If you already also have a lot of money just sitting around and you're like, I want to own more shares of Microsoft. I'm going to use Microsoft as an example, but you're like, I just, it's just like, oh, I don't want to buy it now because I want to hit it. Like I want to get, get it lower to 10% lower. You, you could put a limit order, in the stock market saying, hey, I'm going to put a limit order. If, if Microsoft drops another 10%, I could own more Microsoft shares. Or if you have the money to buy 100 shares, because each contract of options is bundled in 100 shares, you could own Microsoft instead of putting a limit over you put I'm going to sell a put contract against Microsoft, where I'm hoping it goes down by 10%. And then I just need to have the money available to potentially own Microsoft for when it goes 10% down. And in the meantime, as I'm putting the contract, I'm collecting money, at least at least I'm collecting money on the money that's just sitting there. So I would say that, that's, that's the way I would think of it. I wouldn't think of it as like, oh, I really want to maximize my gains. I would really want you to think, how do you maximize what you already have? If you do, unfortunately, keep thinking like, oh, I want to maximize gains, why can I maximize gains? Unfortunately, that could bring you down the wrong path, which is potentially owning like um, a crappy company that's only just been in the stock market for three years, but you get a lot of money for sure. You could gain a lot of money putting out contracts that gains ABC companies companies that have been out less than five years because the amount of money that's involved in those contracts is much higher because it's a much higher risk. There's a lot more volatility, meaning it goes up and goes down dramatically. And with those swings, you can get, make a lot more money on your contracts. But again, please think of it as Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett does the strategies. That's why I got into this. So it's because of Warren Buffett, found out Warren Buffett leverages his portfolio by selling options. He thinks of himself as an investor and he's just trying to juice the returns on what he already has, which is money or his, his portfolio, right? So if you think of it that way, then you're, you're already gaining instead of having your money just sit there or your stocks just sitting there, you're gaining more by using what you already have.
0: Okay, so I want to ask a question about your Microsoft example. So if I I have the money and I'm saying, I want, let's say Microsoft's at $100 right now and I'm saying, I want to buy it when it gets to $80 or 20% or whatever. And you put that option contract and the expiry date is a month from now. If it expires and it never hit that price, you've gotten the money from doing the contract and then the contract just kind of goes away. Is that correct? I'm just asking for clarification.
1: Exactly, it just goes away. So for example, uh, you know when the US banks collapse happen with Silicon Valley bank. And because I've owned banks, TD bank, Royal bank for so long, and I knew how much more strict it is to get like even a mortgage with bank, like it's just so much more strict in Canada compared to the United States. And we also only have six banks. I was very comfortable putting two contracts out on TD bank, which meant I really wanted TD bank to hit at like, I think it was $78 per share. So right now it's trading at $82. And then, um, I put that contract out a month ago and now that month has passed TD has never hit some it did hit $78 in between that time but right now it's trading at $82 because now people are like getting over the fear and so all of a sudden the contract just disappears like it's expired that's what it's expired means it's like it's expired it's not no longer and I already have like I already gained the money so the moment you sell a contract which is I put I sold a put contract it gains TD shares or in your example Microsoft you gain the money right away so the money the moment you put the contract the money gets us given to you in your account. And then if you just let the contracts expire, meaning you don't do anything, you don't want to close it early, then the contracts just disappear, you don't have to pay more trading commissions to um, just let the contracts expire, Um, you already gained the you already gained the premiums, which is the cash that you collected in your account. Of course, you can close the contract early. If you do close the contract early, that means then you have to like close it and it's a trading commissions to close it. Um, But other than that, if you feel like you're you know when i put that con put that contract out for td shares i was hoping i would collect i would collect like a 200 shares of td contracts because i put two contracts out each contract's 100 shares so i potentially want to own 200 shares and i already had the money there i'm like whatever if i get if it goes down to the price i want to buy it anyway so i didn't care but for some other people they might want to monitor that more closely because they want to keep rinse and repeating that process over and over again so you could close it early and then sell another do the same thing over and over with the money you already have available in your your account
0: okay this might sound like a really dumb question but Mm -hmm. what is stopping somebody from putting just ridiculously low put calls or ridiculously high Calls stopping in for like totally extremes just to gain that contract premium and knowing that it's never going to go there.
1: Right. Okay. So yes, definitely you can, you yeah, know, if you want to do a call, like say you want to sell a sell call, which is your hope, like the price would go up, right? Call is going up. So using the same example, so because I already own TD shares and I'm like, oh, I really want to gain some extra income on my TD shares that I already own. Say you could do this with your TFSA, you sell a call, against your TD shares and right Right now is that trading at $82, you're hoping it goes up to like $86 and you're willing to let go, right? If it goes to $86, which would be kind of ridiculous right now because the stock market is generally down. But say you did, you're like, okay, I just want to gain a little bit of money. Unfortunately, that contract probably wouldn't be worth very much, right? Because <laughs> it's like, it's unlikely to happen. So you have to look at the the contracts that are available. So you can't just put in like, you can definitely try to sell at $86, but you might be collecting so little money. That's not worth it to put it out there. So that's why when you look at the contracts that are available in the brokerage account, it'll tell you how much how much premium or how much money you could potentially collect and so um you have to evaluate okay that's where it gets more a little bit complicated you gotta think about the timing if the timing is like in a amazing bull market maybe the 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 more it's more likely to hit that price then the con the cash you the money money you're gonna collect is is worth more but if you're in a you know like in a market where it's like it's it's a bear market like right now there's a lot of fear those contracts are like people know they're not it's unlikely to hit that price. So then people are like, well, unfortunately it's not worth a lot of money. So that's why the timing is so important here. You got to think of a, a bit of like, I guess, think big picture type thing. Does that answer your question?
0: Absolutely. That totally makes sense. Uh, it totally makes sense. Like the more real it is to happen, the better the premium essentially, right? Yeah, yeah the what more I'm money at.
1: you're potentially going to collect. Um, but you got to think contrarian. Um, sometimes, you know, some people think it could hit that price, but you're like, no, there's no way it could hit that price. Or, you know, because, because you know so much about that company. Or you know so much about like the maybe the rest of the stock market is just like the rest of the stock market is always based on psychology it's driven by short-term emotions and it has nothing to do with the performance of the company day-to-day it doesn't reflect the company's performance so when you know the company's performance um i'll use aritzia because i'm sure because a lot of people probably know aritzia is like do you think like if the stock market is like oh like going crazy right now and because of the collapses that have been having us and then all of a sudden aritzia goes down like say 15% with the rest of the stock market. Do you think Ritzia is actually not doing well? <laughs> it's probably nothing to do with it. So you got to think of it that way. And when you think of it just from a company versus the rest of the stock market, it makes it so much easier for you to manage your emotions, especially if you know so much about the company. And I talk about rizia because a lot of us have probably known someone who owns clothing or you bought clothing with rizia So then you can make that distinction.
0: You've kind of touched on, so there's a bunch of different strategies for option trading. What can you talk about what your strategy Is and how you kind of use it in your portfolio. Yes.
1: Oh, I do exactly what Warren Buffett does. He's a seller of puts and calls. So that's like 99, probably 95% of my strategy is either I want to own the shares at a massive discount, or I'm willing to sell my shares, which are calls, at a much higher price. Much higher. So either a call, I sell a call, hoping that um, if, if it does go up a certain price, I'm willing to let go of the shares. I'm juice, I'm collecting some money putting these contracts out, or I'm like very very excited to own more shares if it goes down which is a put contract so just think of it as owning owning stocks at a much cheaper price is putting selling put contracts but of course you gotta have the funds you know for that or you're like i'm willing to like juice the returns of all the shares I already own i'm willing to let go of some of them then i'm gonna sell a call contract so that's the two main strategies i use that's exactly what warren buffett does to really optimize his existing investment portfolio and the existing money that he has There is a a, like a kind of five percent part of the options where you can buy you can buy stocks at fifty percent the down payment instead of like putting hundred percent your money to buy calls you could put a fifty percent down payment and then a year from now or two years from now you can put the rest of the fifty percent down the rest of the fifty percent which is to buy a call now I don't I talk about that like in my in my uh, online courses but like that strategy is definitely for someone who's like much more comfortable. more bullish. Like they're more like thinking, Oh yeah, for sure. That company's going to be worth so much more two years down the road, but I just don't want to fork over all the money right now. So you got to be extremely really wanting to own something like two years from now. Cause that's, that's buying calls for me.
0: So you've been doing this for a long time. Can you, what is something that you wish you knew sooner? So knowing everything you know now, what's something you wish you knew sooner?
1: I wish someone just said, don't worry about the terminology. <laughs> just like, just understand the basic principles of it. And it, it's not hard. It's like, literally this options is not hard. If you think of it as you're an investor, the moment you start thinking like, oh, I got to understand terminology. I got to understand about the, the volatility. I got to understand about like in the money out of the money at the money all that it just becomes so overwhelming that you're like you know what i'll just push it off for a few more years even though you might be so comfortable in the stock market but just because of that terminology it's already pushed you away and if you can get past the terminology just understand the basic principles then the terminology will come i would say it's definitely if you've been in the stock market for a long time and you understand how you evaluate companies and you own a lot of shares of stuff and you just want to own more of it and you have the funds, like options is just a natural way for you to move that next level. But I would think that I would say like, Maybe for a lot of your audience, if they're, if you're still just getting started into stock market, you could forget about options. Just, just don't worry about it because it's like something you shouldn't even look at when you're a beginner.
0: I think there there's people that are gonna be very beginner and I think there are people that are gonna be, I know people that are just, they have their stocks already, they're in there, they're looking for this next level. So I think that you've got some good information. If, if they are somebody who's, I'm ready for this, I've been in the stock market for a while, what is something that they can do today to get started on this option um, selling path?
1: I would say just read up on it. And, um, there are books, unfortunately not a lot made for Canadians. I would say just read up on, uh, there is a book, I think it's called smart option selling. He's, he's got a book out on Amazon and it's, it's, it's not generally okay. Unfortunately, there isn't like a quick, easy peasy book that I would recommend because unfortunately they always get bogged down in the terminology, like upfront. I would say YouTube is a great, and I actually explain options, just how I explain it with like rental properties and all that on my channel, (laughs) Financial Nirvana Mama. And you could also ask, Chat GPT too. I <laughs> like to because they could explain it in a way that you can relate to. I, I don't have any like quick, easy resources, but the things I could think was like Chat GPT and also um, YouTube and, and that book. But the book, unfortunately, does go into a lot of terminology and it actually could steer you away from it. So I would start with something like that you can just relate to.
0: That is a great tip about Chat GPT. I think that is awesome as far as just kind of getting them to explain things to you. That is an awesome tip that I haven't heard before for. Well, Tracy, I definitely want to thank you. I actually feel like I understand option selling right now. And I'm like, I think I could do this. Tracy, can you tell people how can they connect with you? If they want to connect with you and know more, how can they do that? For sure. So
1: I have a ton of resources on my uh, YouTube channel, which is where I predominantly hang out. It's my handle is financial Nirvana mama. Also, I have a bunch of free resources, which has ultimate guide to dividend growth. Investing has the roadmap to to financial freedom, which is building a roadmap to financial freedom, because I find a lot of people don't even build a plan or roadmap, we got to cl- get clear on our vision and, and all the steps high level. And then I also have a guide on how to buy your first or next rental property toolkit. So if you want to get into the rental property or real estate investing um, business, then I also have a bunch of resources on that because my uh, channel financial Nirvana Mama, my website is teaching elevating women by teaching savvy investing strategies in Canada so that you can earn your your way to financial independence and ultimately live your best life. Awesome. So
0: once again, thank you, Tracy.
1: Thank you.